any Bible of the Bible, Isaiah chapter number 64, we'll look at verse number 6. That book of Isaiah, that many Bible, the 64th chapter in the 6th verse. Everybody found your place? Can you say amen? Some of you headed there, can you say amen? How about, how about you just believe it's in there, can you say amen? Okay, amen, thank God. All right, Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf in our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Father, we love you today. Pray you'd help us to preach and the power of the Holy Ghost let be a help, God, to your children. We'll thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Some of you right now are saints and saved by the grace of God and God has spoken to you great powerful truths that are in the Bible and, and those powerful truths in the Bible have become dim. You begin to doubt some of the Bible truths and I'm not going to preach on this but I felt like I need to speak to you saints just for a minute. If you focus on that thief on the right side, the one that got saved, the one that's in heaven right now, that thief on the right side, when the lights went out, didn't doubt what God had said when the lights were on. And some of us need to hold on to the truth God speaks to your heart when the lights are on, that even when it gets dark in your life, if you'll keep your flesh nailed to the cross, amen, then you won't doubt in the dark what he speaks in the light and all God's saints say amen. I'm preaching specifically today for Lord to hit me on this verse in Isaiah 64 and verse number 6. And you'll notice in Isaiah 64 and verse number 6, uh, there are three different times in this verse that God puts these three letters, forms one little word, and you'll, this word that I'm talking about is the word all. He says we are all as an unclean thing. It says, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And then it says, we all do fade as a leaf. And so it doesn't matter your color. It does not matter your creed. It does not matter your crime. It does not matter your chaos. It does not matter your catastrophe. It don't matter if you've got a crown over your head or living in a cardboard box under the bridge. Everybody is included and no one is exempt from Isaiah 64 verse 6. Can we agree on that? Say amen. Isaiah 64 and verse number 6, if you look at it, uh, it is man's portrait, man's portrayal as God sees it. And we see, first of all, man is defiled. Notice the Bible says as we unpack this verse, it says we are, but we are all as an unclean thing. I, I, I was listening to Brother Edgar Thomas one time long uh, from years gone by, and he quoted this verse in Job 15, and in verse, listen to what this verse says, he quoted verse 15, but to get the context, 
I'm going to read Job 15, verse 14, 15, and 16. It says, What is man that he should be clean? He is born of a woman that he should be, that he should be righteous. There's a question mark. He said, Behold, God, that is, putteth no trust in his saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much more abomination and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like waters. Here's what Brother Edgar Thomas said one time when he preached. He said, To God in the vastness of his holiness, even the heavens are unclean. And so one day when we get there in a glorified body, and we're in that place called heaven, if it were not for the grace of God, we'd still be unfit to be in the presence of a holy God. Hey, here's, here's what he starts out saying. He said, look, the portrait of man, the portrayal of man, is he is unclean. The word there, unclean, is an unpleasant thought. It carries the idea of being foul, stench, stink. I, I remember one time praying with an old boy who was up in Anchorage, Sherathon, and uh, we were sitting up on the road when this boy came. He's in a boy's home, and uh, he stunk to high heaven when he came to the altar to get saved that Sunday. Or, or that Friday, I believe it was. Uh, I, I remember coming down there and praying with him. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart, said, you need to go pray with him. I didn't want to go pray with him. I could smell him when he walked by. I felt like my clothes was going to get the stink he had on him, on me. And I'm just being honest with you, I didn't want to smell like that the rest of the meeting. And so when, when he came down to the altar and he was praying, I tell you what the Lord did, said, kept everybody back. Nobody would pray with the boy. And so I went down there and got to praying with him. He started confessing. He said, preacher, pray for me. I'm lost. I need to be saved. Hey, man, thank God we prayed for him. And I'm telling y'all, sure as my name is Corley Shane Jackson. I'm telling you, he didn't stink when he got saved. I'm talking about he is unclean. I'm talking about he is impure. I'm talking about he stunk. Heaven is foul. But I'm telling you, when he got saved, I couldn't smell him. And I seen him about four years later. He's helping run that boy's home. And thank God he hugs my neck and said, I appreciate you praying with me. Woo! I'm saying, we is all foul. We is all stench in the nostrils of God. And God's portrayal of man is that we're unclean. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Everybody, not just that boy, uh, but you too, sir, ma'am. You too, young person. We were all foul. We were all unpleasant. We had stains. Our motives were stained. Our mind is stained. Our steps are stained. Our speech is stained. Our desires were stained. Our Everything we did, our decisions were stained. Our deeds were stained. We're all, all as an unclean thing. It's not only unpleasant, it's universal. He said in Romans 3.23 We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says There's not a just person on earth that doeth good and sinneth 
not. If you're sitting there today and you're lost and you're thinking I'm not as bad as somebody else, I'm a pretty good person. No, the Bible said we're all, it left to ourselves, we're all as an unclean thing. It's universal. Hey, nobody's better than nobody. We all deserve hell. Hey, it's, we're all sinners. We all come short. We've all missed the mark. There's not a just person. The Bible said God looked down from heaven upon man and found none good. No, not one. Are y'all listening? There's none that understandeth. I like what Psalm, I believe it is, Isaiah 53 says, how we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everybody, everybody like sheep. It's universal. It's unpleasant, but it's undeniable. You can't avoid the truth. You know it's true. When you think, when you're alone by yourself, you don't think like you ought to think, do like you ought to do. The Bible said we've been shaping in iniquity. The Bible says we've been going forth from the womb speaking lies. Hey, we're sinners by nature. We don't sin. And listen, our sins don't make us a sinner. We sin because we are a sinner. And sin, sin is just what sinners do. Somebody say amen. We're condemned by sin. We're doomed by sin. We're under the condemnation of sin. We're all as an unclean thing. That is man's portrayal. But then notice the second part of that verse. We're all as an unclean thing. And notice this. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. We're not only, hey, it's universal, it's unpleasant. Hey, it's undeniable that we're all defiled. But according to the second part, we're not only all defiled, we're all deficient. There's nothing that we can do. He says in the text, notice the text, that all our righteousness is. That means on the best day that you've ever lived, the best things you've ever done, the every good deed that you can muster up is still, is still filthy rags. That word there, filthy rags, carries the idea of mistress rags. Carries the idea of leprosy rags. There's, there's nothing good about this rags. It said every good thing that we've ever done. So think about this. Every good gift, every good deed. And so our most sincere efforts will always come up short. All our righteousness is the best day of the best moment of the best things that we've ever done is still filthy rags in the eyes of God. There's none good. There's nothing you can do that can persuade God that you're okay, that you deserve to go to heaven. It's all about what Jesus did. He's the only good thing that's ever happened to anybody. Amen. Y'all know it's right. All the ordinances, all the baptism, all the sacraments, everything you ever did. I, th- I meet people all the time. Used to work with them at UPS. They come around and say, hey, won't you give to United Way? Uh, hey, man, it's the least we can do. Be good. I said, first of all, I give through my local church. I know that probably higher lips everybody, but that ain't helping you give it through the United Way. That ain't even biblical to give through the United Way. Somebody ought to say amen right there. You ought to give everything you give to help God's people. Through, amen. 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 Y'all stay with me. Amen. They said, well, if I can give through the United Way. One woman come up to me. She said, preacher, I hear you over here telling, witnessing that guy. I want you to know that I keep the law. I keep all the Ten Commandments. I 
I feel like it'd be all right. She actually thought she was going to be okay because she kept the Ten Commandments. But first of all, she didn't keep the Ten Commandments because you can cross the line in the Ten Commandments by your mind and not just by the things, the motions you do in your body. Jesus said, you've heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus brought it tighter and he said, since I'm going to die at Calvary, the law of grace is stricter than the law of bondage. And so if you look on a woman and lust over her in your mind, you're already guilty of adultery. You might as well say amen. Amen. That's Bible right there. Nobody can keep the law. It doesn't matter how much your sincere efforts are. I thought about this morning when I was studying. I thought about Mother Teresa and all the good that she did and everything that she gave to help people who were poor or less fortunate than her. But if that woman didn't get saved, you said, preacher, surely to God she saved. Hey, listen, if she believed the tenets of the Catholic Church that it was Mary, amen, that this Pinched the blood that fell from the Calvary's cross and don't come after church trying to change my mind. I've already seen the catechisms. I've seen their teaching. They literally believe that Jesus died. The blood runs off the cross through Mary down to the priest, down to other. No, it's one mediator between God and man and it's the man Christ Jesus. It's not Mary. It's not Moses. It's not some other man. Help me out, Brother Dale. Am I right? It's the Lord. He's the one mediator. He's the daysman. He's the go-between that grabs God with one hand and man with the other and reconciles us in his own body on the tree. It's him and him alone. Are y'all with me? I got to thinking, boy, all the good she did. And she never trusted Christ, repented of her sin, and asked Jesus in her heart. It'll all be in vain. The most sincere efforts are as filthy rags. It don't matter your religious standards. You say, preacher, I wear dresses so long it sweeps dust balls off the floor. I wear a tie to church. I carry a King James Bible. I've got the outside of the cup clean. But Jesus, he's the only one that can clean the inside of the cup. He see Pilate washed his hands and said I'm free from the guilt of Jesus being crucified. He could wash his hand but he could not wash his heart. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Oh my God how mercy. Personal efforts will not overcome your own unrighteousness. Hey I'm telling you man sincere efforts will not measure up. You'll be found weighed and wanting. Your standards won't measure up. You'll be found weighed and wanting all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We're defiled. Man's portrayal. God says man is defiled. He says his righteousness is deficient. Matter of fact, let me just, let me illustrate it like this. There ain't nothing you can do in here to get saved. You don't deserve to get saved. There's not by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself is to get to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If I asked one of these men, I did this at, at the by at the home school, hey man, chapel service that some of y'all could have come through and didn't, and I hope you feel convicted about it right now. But anyway, hey man, I, I, this this cough drop right here. If I was to ask Elijah, stand up and quote John 3, 16. Or I was to ask one of these writings girls, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Who knows that in here? Anybody know shortest verse in the Bible? Tell me what it is. 
Amen. Where's it at? Do you know that? John eleven thirty five. She answered the question. I'm going to say, well, if you'll quote John, tell me what the shortest verse is, I'll give you a cough drop. You've earned that, all right? And then I ask, the rest of y'all may not have known that. I'll ask you to quote Ecclesiastes seven twenty. Hey, anybody quote Ecclesiastes seven twenty? I just quoted it to you all ago, but let's say nobody in here says. I say, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you a cough drop just because I love you. You ain't earned it. I just gave it to you because I love you. That's grace, friend. You don't get it because what you did. You get it because what he done. Woo! And because he loves you. Are y'all with me? Oh, God, help us. Religious standards, dressing right, and all that stuff should be done. But that ain't going to get you saved. I thought, I thought about preaching over there at Yuna when your wife got saved, when Misty got saved. And I was preaching on John or Matthew 25. And I preached about them, them 10 virgins. All of them had lambs. All of them was looking for the bridegroom. All of them knew the Bible. All of them were virgins. But only five had all in their lamp. You can have deacon on your lamp. You can have 100% church attendance on your lamp. But if there's no Holy Ghost living on the inside, you're going to bust hell wide open. Somebody say amen. They, some folks got dip the wick syndrome. They dip it in on Sunday and they dip out on Sunday night. And it'll light for a little bit. Amen. Dip the wick syndrome. Amen. And somebody just gets close enough. I call it short distance syndrome. As long as they're around, you can put two globes together and it looks like both of them shining. And as long as you're around Christian people, it's amazing. It's amazing. You look like a Christian, but you get around lost people. You're just like a chameleon. You blend them. Somebody help me. Are you saved or not? Is there something on the inside or not? The outside's not impressing me, and it sure ain't impressing God. He said your righteousness, religious standard, and your sincere efforts are as unclean thing. Your righteousness is as filthy rain. Not only do we see his portrait is defiled, his performance is deficient, but notice man's prospect is dismal. Notice what the Bible said. His leaf, his leaf, we're all like a leaf. Notice what it says. And we all do fade as a leaf. You know what our leaf is. You know what our life is. He said, but listen, let's read it again. And we all do fade as a leaf. That's our future prospect, our coming prospect. It's dismal. I'm saying we're fading. If you touch one of those leaves that's already fell from the tree, we're seeing it this time of year. We're experiencing fall. They've turned colors. They've turned loose. And if you pick a leaf up, it will crumble. It is a very shell of what it once was. That is our life. The older we get, we're not as vibrant as we 
were. We're not as colorful as we once. Somebody say amen. We don't have sap going through us. It's harvest time. Leaves are, and that's the way our life is. It shows and then it's gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Hey, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. It's just a short walk from here to the graveyard. And I don't know how long your dash is going to be. But I spent a lot of time in graveyards. I don't want to freak nobody out. But I've, I've searched at a lot of civil war. I've searched at a lot of revolutionary war. I'm just looking around, looking at my ancestors. Go up here to Stott's uh, Corner and turn right. Go down to Jackson Grove Methodist. And uh, one of my ancestors started that church. And, and there's a bunch of my ancestors buried there. And uh, over at Circle C Farm, over our near New Prospect, I, there's a Jackson Cemetery. And so I went over there and looked. Me and my boys went. We took pictures and, and remembered one of my ancestors over there. Uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, man, hey, hallelujah. I was proud that he was in my, my lineage. I was thankful. He wasn't some of that wicked crowd that hung from a tree, somebody said. I was proud of that one. And I, boy, I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time there. But I've noticed something, brother. Scott, the dash, that is the birth date to the death date, and then the life is the dash, is shorter for some people. Some die as a teenager. Some die as a 20-year-old. Some die at 50 years old. And then I've got some that live over 100 years old. Here's my point. You don't know when your life is going to be over, but one day it's going to turn loose. It's going to fade away. It's going to crumble its existence in this life. I hope to God you're saved because this life will fade as a leaf. Say amen. I get to thinking about that scripture over there in the book of James where it says our life is like a vapor. There's a physical picture and a spiritual picture. The physical picture is this, that vapor that comes from the chimney. You see it and then it's gone. I mean it's there in one moment, gone the next. But there's a spiritual application. Water always seeks the lowest place. But when the sun transforms the water, it shoots toward the sky. Somebody say amen. Hey man, thank God. Well, hey, you might be water. If you're always looking for the low place, won't you let the sun shine in your life, the S-O-N, so you can be a creature not of the earth, but of the air. Say amen. Hallelujah. Our life is like a vapor. It's here and gone. He said in the text that we all do fade as a leaf. Some of you sitting here right now, and you're saying, well, I'm a young person. I've got plenty of life to live. I, I, I'm just going to live my life like I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'm going to smoke my dope and drink my alcohol. I'm going to drink that Bud Dumber, Miller Low Life. Somebody say amen. I'm going I'm to go try every water and hole of the world. I'm going to go out here. I'm a young man. I mean, I need to live. And if I get right with God, I ain't going to have no friends. They ain't friends anyway. They, they friends as long as you do what they do and drink what they drink. And, may, and maybe if you got money, as long as you buying their dr drugs, somebody say amen. Hey, man, don't look up here. I'm going to tell you, I've seen people. Hey, get out of jail. And I preach to them all the time at jail and prison. They get out of jail and wonder why they end up back in the same mess. I'm going to say, hello. You can't go to the same playground, play with the same playmates, 
and handle the same play toys and expect it to come out different. It ain't going to do it. And one of them boys told me, said, Preacher, you're telling it right. You ain't going to believe this. He said, some of them said, well, when I got locked up, I thought my friends were my friends. They stole my TV. And one of them said, they stole my wife. And the other one said, they stole my house. I said, how'd they steal your house? He said, well, it was a camper. They hooked up and took it off. I said, my God. Hell, I mean, took everything. Y'all look up here and say, Preacher, you don't need them kind of friends anyway. You need some folks that go in the same direction. That say, washed in the blood, say Amen. Hallelujah, amen. Oh, God, help us to give our life to him. Our life here is brief. It's for a moment. It's a flash. It's a, it's a vapor. It's like a leaf. It's here and it's vibrant and it provides shade and everybody appreciates it, but it's going to lose this. It's going to lose this greenery. Amen. It's going to, it's going to start changing colors. It's going to fall away. It's going to crumble under the ground and everybody you thought was your friend is going to walk all over you. If you don't believe that. Ask that man in Luke chapter 10. They left him for dead. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Oh yes. Man is defiled. His work is deficient. His future is dismal. But notice the next part of the verse. His plight. His man's catastrophic plight. Notice what it says. In our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Our iniquities, our sin. I, I read it over here in the book of, of Job. Here's what it said. How much more abominable and filthiest man which drinketh iniquity like water. We know most of our bodies are made up of water. We, we have to take, put water in to survive. If you get dehydrated, the bodies are going to give up. They, some people live their life like sin is their necessary food. They act like they have to have a steady intake of iniquity. Y'all might as well say amen. I know I ain't the only one. And here, here's the amazing thing. If we as God's sheep, we'll make sure that our coat is always white. He saved us. He washed us as white as snow. I know between us and God, that relationship will never be changed. Our fellowship might get off, but our relationship will never be. But our, our testimony, our witness, sometimes gets a little gray. And have you ever noticed that black sheep feel more comfortable around gray sheep? They blend in better. And as long as you gray on you some areas, I feel like preaching there a minute. Preach on, preacher. Point it out. Make it plain. Thank you, amen. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm right. I, I would take time to name it from A to Z, but you know what it is. That makes your coat just a little dim. Hey, man, don't make it, makes it a little gray. And as long as you wallow in the mud, hey, man, they, they'll hang around you and they'll be. Hey, ain't it amazing that God's sheep always want to hang around people with less convictions than them? It makes them feel better. What you need to do is find you a hero of the faith that standards is this high and you try to live up to. I say amen. Hallelujah. I had four boys. I never did. I'm going to read my text one more time. Their true cause, the true problem is our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. I had four boys. I never had to teach them wrong. Their mama done that. No, no, no I'm just kidding. I, I didn't. I never had. I never had to teach them wrong, Brother Linder. Jared, I'm coming to eat y'all's house. I never had to teach them wrong. They just automatically came out of the womb doing that. 
y'all follow me? You didn't have to teach them to do it. You had to train them to do right. Because man is always, the easy way for the flesh is always going to be wrong. Whoever said serving God is going to be easy. Nobody ever told you that. He said it's going to be a burden, but it's going to be light. He said, hey, hey you're going to have a yoke, but it's going to be my yoke, and I'm going to be yoked up with you. Amen. So you that are laboring on y'all, come take my yoke upon you. Come learn of me. Amen. Hallelujah. Preach on, preacher. There's tragic consequences. Look what the verse says. Let's look at it one more time. Our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Preacher, I, I, I'm saved. I, I, I know I'm saved. Or some of you say, preacher, I'm lost. I'm in a mess. I didn't come to hear this. Listen, you've got to get a good diagnosis before you can get the remedy. This verse tells us a diagnosis that man, that of mankind. God, the way man is seen by God. Amen. He's defiled. His works are deficient. Amen. His future is dismal. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Amen. Amen. Listen, look, look, look what the verse says. He said, the problem is his iniquities have taken us away. Tragic consequence with sin. It always takes you away. Way. Sin always subtracts and divides, but the Savior always adds and multiplies. Didn't he say in 1 Peter, let grace and peace be multiplied. Amen. There's mathematics in the Bible, young people. Amen. Thank God. Hey, sin will always Remove, take things away. What, what, what are you talking about, preacher? There's a tragic consequence. Here's what sin will do. It'll remove honor to shame. It'll, it'll take you away from happiness to sorrow. Sin will take you away from happiness to sorrow, from honor to shame, from hope to a sentence of death. I'm going to tell you, it'll take you away from your family. It'll take you away from the church. Sin will take you away from people that really love you. Sin, sin. The problem is sin. The problem is I. S-I-N. Sin is selfish. Somebody help me. Amen. Hey, man, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to give us an x-ray. I'm trying to show us how vile we are without God. Hey, man, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying right there, if I was to title this message, it'd be, it'd be thank God. Hey, the reality, but the re remedy. This is a reality of mankind lost without God, dismal, deficient, defiled, destroyed, and removed. Are y'all listening? divided but thank God the same book of Isaiah that gave you a good clear diagnosis will also give you the remedy so take your Bible and look back with me in Isaiah 55 let's go back let's look at the remedy Isaiah chapter 55 here's the master's provision amen not just man's cast catastrophic plight but look at the master's compassionate provision. Notice what the Bible said in Isaiah 55 and verse number 1. He said, ho. Uh, the word there means alas. It means woe. It mean, carries the idea of wow. It, it, it's a short version. Some say, I, I, I don't know, but I, I can understand it in the verse. Some say it's like saying hallelujah. <laughs> hey, here's a hallelujah. Here's a ho. Here's 
a remedy. How to get from rags to riches. How to get from the gutter. I, I got to think about when, when people are saved. Yeah. Don't it say they desire milk? You could literally say God takes you from the gutter to the utter. Amen. 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 I'll leave that and let you think about it. Hey Amen. What's provided, preacher? What's the remedy? A pardon. Look what he's saying. Isaiah 55 verse 1. However, one that thirsteth come ye to the waters, and ye that hath no money come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I'm telling you there's a pardon provided. Hey man, it's an available pardon. It's an accessible pardon. It's available meaning it's free. It's a free gift to all. Hey, God's not no respecter person. It don't matter. Oh my God. It don't matter how bad you've been and how long you've been bad. He's good enough to save you. Amen. It don't, it don't matter where you've been and how long you've been there. Woo! It don't matter because I know where he's been. He's been to Calvary. He's been to the grave. He's resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And do you know what? I love that word seated. I set down as a posture of redemption. That means the work is completed. It's a posture of rest. It means it's over. The sacrifice has been accepted. It's a posture of rule. He said beside the majesty. Oh, I'm glad God paid it all, Brother Tony. Woo! It's available. But not just that. It's accessible. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 6. Accessible pardon. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Call ye upon him. Look, look. While he is near. You know when God speaks to your heart? here's, Here's what the book of Acts says. Acts 17, 27. The Lord, call upon the Lord who is not far from any of us. We know that the pardon of God is available. Amen. It's a free gift. It don't cost you a thing. Come by. Amen. Wine, that joy that don't cost you a penny. Come get a a water that'll quench your thirst. The world can't satisfy what you're thirsting. There's a God-sized empty hole in sinners. And God's the only one that can fill that. It's God that fills that. There's a hunger in there. And the world can't satisfy. Satan can't satisfy. But the Savior can satisfy. You're thirsty. You're hungry. You're desperate. You're dying. Oh, listen. You're defiled. You're depraved. It's dismal. But there is deliverance. Here's the remedy. God made a way for you to be saved. Seek the Lord. Why? How, preacher? He's not far from any of us. I like what he said. It's within eyeshot. Stephen said, I see the Lord standing at the right hand of the man, Father on high. Amen. It's within eyeshot. It's within earshot. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's within ladder shot. Amen. Jacob climbed that ladder that was reached from heaven to earth. It's close. It's real close. All you got to do is call on him. All you got to do is go, amen. Ask the Lord. Jesus in John 1, the last verse says, I am the ladder. Come to Jesus. He's the ladder. He's the only way that you can get to heaven from earth is Jesus. Are y'all listening to him? He's the way, the truth. This is not multiple doors. This is not multiple choice. It's Jesus. Amen. It's available. It's accessible. It's abundant. He'll abundantly pardon you. It's an amazing pardon. Amen. He'll do things for you. The vilest sinner he can set free. Amen. It's an adorning pardon. What do you mean, 
preacher. I mean, he's going to add something to you. It's an abundant pardon. Look at verse 7. Hey, man, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 7. Look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. It's amazing. If God would have mercy on me, it's amazing that he would want to save me. It's amazing that he wants me in his family. It don't matter what family you was born in. You can be born again and join this family. Amen. But it's an adorning part. And look what he said. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, bringing it forth to bud, that it may give bread, uh, give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So my word be that goeth forth. Uh, amen. Out of my mouth it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. What is it that he sent it to do? Turn over to Isaiah. Same book. Same context. Look at Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Here's this adorning pardon. Here's this garments of salvation. Here are these robes of righteousness. Glory to God. He said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with a jewel. Church, it's a and pardon. It's available. It's accessible. It's adorning. I'm telling the Lord's robe will never rip. It will never ravel. And praise God, it don't run. Amen. Hey man, that madman of Gadarenes was naked when he came to Jesus. But after Jesus met him, he was clothed and in his right mind. That's because people that meet Jesus get clothed, put some clothes on and get, don't be. I need some amens. I don't want to preach on modern but I will. Somebody help me. Amen. I'd rather preach on heaven, but somebody needs to know they're a sinner. Amen. Let God help. Lord have mercy. You'd be better off to make a long dress out of burlap sacks. Amen. They come in here with a miniskirt. Amen. That does, that shows hey, your tail light, not your light. Somebody say amen. Is everybody okay? Amen. Preach on, preacher. Is everybody okay? Take a deep breath. It's a shame, a sin in the book of Isaiah to have your thigh showing. Somebody help me. I feel like preaching right now. Hey man, I'm telling you, hey man, it's right in 2021 to do right and it's wrong to do wrong. There's a pardon available. There's a pardon accessible. Come to Calvary. He's the ladder. He's the voice. He's the sacrifice. Hey, come get adorned. Get the garments of salvation. Get the robe of righteousness put on your life. He's the only one that can clothe you and make you have a garment that's fit for the weddings. Everybody okay? Here, here's what I got to think about, Brother Tony. I got to reading a story one day and, and the thought has crossed my mind. I'm sure it's crossed yours. When I was lost, I did a lot of good things. I was a member of a church. I was a member of church at 12 years old. Shoot the preacher's hand, got baptized. Name on the roll. Lost on my way to hell. Jack Weaver was the preacher. Green Creek First Baptist Church, just in case y'all thought I wouldn't name it, was, was the church and the preacher. 
I'm not trying to fault him, but I am fault whoever taught him, whatever made him think that shaking a young boy's hand and letting him join that church is all he needed to go to heaven. He never asked me if I repented. He never asked me if I knew Jesus. I didn't know nothing. I was raised around church all my life. But Keith Russell was a deacon, a Sunday school superintendent, built churches in different countries all over the world and was lost and had to get saved. I was religious, brought up in a good family and was lost and on my way to hell. You sit out here and you think, preacher, I'm okay. I've sung in the quartet. I've sung in the choir. I, I know, I've, I've been in a service when Ronnie Jones was preaching up in Kentucky and I seen it from my own, with my own God-given eyeballs. There's a preacher got saved and stood up and told his church he's been living a lie. Hey man, he, they need to forgive him. He wants to join the church and he'll help them on the committees. They look for a real preacher. Hey man, I've seen it with my own God-given eyeballs. I've seen a preacher's wife Dale Medlin, who was already called to preach and missed it, got saved that day. You remember that? You remember the day before that, a, third, a woman who taught Sunday school for 30-something years got saved in that revival. In fact, if you remember, Brother Dale, I, most of the people that got saved in that revival are in the teens. Uh, we're all churchgoers. Are y'all listening to this preacher? We're living in a situation where churches went from 800 to 50. What in the world's going on? I tell you what's going on. The tires have been separated from the weak. The real is showing. And if you've got a profession, you're not going to get to heaven. You've got to have salvation because there's many that profess that they know God, but in works it shows out on them that they don't know God. They're abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Y'all looking up here at your preacher. Pardon's available. It's accessible. It's amazing. It's adorning. It'll give you everything you need to go to heaven. But some people, even though it's provided, will refuse it. I was reading about a man, Andrew Jackson, was president. Andrew Jackson had some friends who were related to a guy named George Wilson. In 1829, he robbed a bank, killed a teller, and they were going to hang him. And some of the friends of George Wilson went, approached the president and he was moved by the circumstances that George Wilson was raised in, that he didn't have a chance. And he said, I'm going to be the instrument to give him a chance. And he granted him a full pardon. They took the full pardon down to the prison warden. They walked it down to a cell. You know what George Wilson did? Cussed them, ran them out, told them he didn't want the stinking pardon. So it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court case, you can ask Noah, because I'm sure he's going to check it out. Hey, man, you can ask Noah, the Chief John Marshall. Hey, man, because he loves Supreme Court decisions. And Chief John Marshall made this statement as the spokesman of the Supreme Court. He said this, the court cannot force a prisoner to accept a pardon. He either accepts it or rejects it once it's offered. Jesus made a way for you to be pardoned. 
You either accept it or you reject it. It's up to you. Hey, there ain't no Supreme Court's got to decide this case. It's the bottom line truth. Are y'all listening to this preacher? If you want to die and go to hell, all you got to do is nothing. You're on your way already under the condemnation of your own sin. Amen. But if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to turn your back on sin and seek the Lord while he may be found. He's here today to save you. He's here. He ain't never left you. He sent me with a message. I've done pictured in my mind. Soul getting saved. I'm trusting God. As Miss Bethany comes, heads is bowed and eyes closed. You say, preacher, hey, hey, man, I don't need it. I don't need to be saved. Well, you you need to thank God that you are saved and you need to pray God save somebody that's in here lost. You've got family that's lost. You've got friends that's lost. I'm telling you why the Holy Ghost convicts. Hey, so when God sees you, he told us how he looks at us. He sees us defiled. He sees our best efforts, our best moments as deficient. It's not enough to get you saved. All your good deeds are not going to be enough to get you saved. But what Jesus did at Calvary, he died in your place. He hung suspended between heaven and hell to get you saved. Hey, he came to you and he speaks to your heart now. I just wonder today, are you going to come? Will you come? We ask Jesus to save your soul. Why God speaks to your heart, don't be rebellious. Don't be resistant. Will you come? While we pray, Brother Frank, I need you down here. Brother Frank, Ainsley, would you?